Welcome to the Project Unchained podcast, where my special guests and I help you break free from the chains that hold you back from life's greatest experiences. The goal of this podcast is to educate people on self-care modalities that can and will improve your life if you commit to doing them. An effective self-care regimen is the single most important thing that you can do for yourself to have a more extraordinary life experience. I'm your host, Ross Leppola, and I've spent the past several years of my life on a journey of healing and self-care after living my first 28 years chained down by my own limiting thoughts and beliefs. Now, I'm here to share what I've learned with you to empower you to break free from the chains that hold you back from your unlimited potential. Let's get unchained. When you were lost in the woods, you were misunderstood by everyone, everyone. You were searching for words, but they came out absurd. And no one heard you, no one heard you speak your We interrupt this show with a brief message. This podcast was created with a strong sense of belonging. A strong sense of belonging is imperative to cultivating a life of joy, fulfillment, and purpose. With a strong sense of belonging, you will have the confidence it takes to do and create life on your terms. It is time for you to break free from your self-limiting thoughts, your insecure thought patterns, and the social conditioning that keeps you from living your most authentic life. The Belonging Blueprint is a self-development course that has been designed to help you create the deepest sense of belonging within yourself. I'll be with you, guiding you along the way as you grow to a place that leaves you empowered to experience life on your terms. You can join me and others in a private community that will support you on your journey of personal growth and development. To get more information and enroll today, you can click the link in the show notes or message me directly. Now back to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Project Unchained podcast. I'm your host, Ross Leppola. Today, I have my friend and special guest on the show, Ashley Hand. I've known Ashley for a couple of years now. She's a powerlifter friend of mine, and she reached out to me wanting to share a bit of her story with me. And it's interesting and unique because it's not every day that I have these conversations with people, with guests, that we get into some things of like current vulnerability. I've, I've talked about it before, how it's like, it's easy to be vulnerable about our past. It can be really difficult to be vulnerable about some of the things that we're currently working through. And Ashley was vulnerable enough and kind enough to get into some of that with me. And we talked about some things that she went through in the past and some parts of those things that are still kind of showing up in her life and that she's working through now currently. And it's really awesome to hear her working through those things and having the support from her therapist to help empower her and find ways to continue to move forward in ways that honor her and honor herself and provide and add value to the quality of her living. So it's uh, really excited to dive into that conversation with Ashley so let's uh, let's just get into it without further ado. Ashley Hand, y'all. Ashley Hand, my friend, thank you so much for joining me today for the Project Unchained podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to dive in and chat with you a little bit. Yeah, this should be interesting. Yeah. Well, how about we just start with a little intro? Who is Ashley Hand and where where are you from? Where do you live in the world? 
whatever you'd like to share. Um, I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I currently live about, I don't know the mileage, but 30 minutes um, southeast of Nashville. So I'm in Murfreesboro. Um, been here since 2012. Um, I'm a veteran. Um, ex-powerlifter, as you know. Right. Um, I work for the VA. So still trying to, you know, help it be around veterans. And that's pretty much it. So there's a whole bunch of different roles and things that you do and have done in your life. You've had a bunch of different experiences throughout your life and some are wonderful and some are not so wonderful. And we've had, you and I have had a lot of different conversations off air about your personal development journey as we've been friends and we've worked in a, in a capacity with some different things. And, you know, you came to me a couple of weeks ago wanting to share a bit of your story. Where do you, where would you like to start with that? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I guess I could just blurt it out, so to speak. Um, it's not really, a, I mean, it is a story, but it's not a story. Um, I have a feeling that, unfortunately, it's probably something that happens more often than most people know. Uh, I know there's probably only maybe a handful of people that know that this has happened to me. Um, but it is very easy for me to talk about, uh, which is one reason why I'm in therapy. Um, but apparently that's how my brain's wired. And as far as my therapist goes, I am okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Apparently I have somehow worked my way through that trauma enough to where it is easy for me to talk about it. Right. Um, I guess with that being said, I probably need to talk about what it is. Um, so basically what happened, um, I'm not sure. I would know I was a teenager. Um, probably between the age, I'm going to say probably 13, 13 or 14. Um, but my mom had remarried and I don't, it was a weekend day, like a Saturday or Sunday. Um, she had asked me and my brother to go somewhere. Like, I literally don't even remember what, where we were going, grocery store or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I want to, you know, I want to stay home. Cause I didn't feel like going where, like I said, where was ever going? I didn't want to go. So my stepdad was there. And so she was like, okay, whatever. And her and my brother left. And with not soon after they left, but at some point they left. I w- went into the living room and he was watching, I don't know, something, some movie or something. And eventually, basically what happened is that I he wanted me to lay with him on the couch. So I did not thank him anything of it because nothing had happened, you know, previous. And then, you know, one thing leads to another and I don't really want to get to the details, but I mean, your audience can probably put one and two together. Right. Um, 
And then we went into my mom's bedroom, well, their bedroom, and he basically raped me. Um, then soon after, uh, you know, my mom and brother came back and I was in the, in their bathroom, um, which ain't a big deal. Like that's, I used to use their, her bath, that her bathroom a lot. Um, even though I had one of my own, but, uh, anyway, so I was, you know, in there using the bathroom doing whatever. And I freaked out a little bit. And, but when I came back out, like I just, you know, everything, I played like nothing, you know, like everything, like nothing happened, whatever. Um, so to this day, she will, she doesn't know, but she will find out soon. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of jacked up to say the least. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad that I somehow have the have had the capabilities of being able to, I guess, not block it, but be able to talk about it and it not like bother me. Um, but in other ways, I kind of wish it would bother me because even though I'm in therapy, I still feel like. Because there's not anything wrong with me being able to do, say what I just said. Like, I feel like there's not, like, something should be wrong with me. Because it doesn't affect me like it would affect most. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at, like, just trying to, like, under you know, get over the, get understand that it is okay that my brain is wired the way it's wired. So where it is, I guess, fortunately that I'm easy, it makes it easy for me to um, deal with that trauma the way I've dealt with it. Well, I think one of the things I want to point out, there's a, there's a couple of things that I want to point out. The first one I want to point out is that we all deal with things differently and we all have different capabilities of dealing with things in different manners and nobody's wrong for that and however it is that you deal with it so as long as it's not like avoidance and substance abuse and things like that and and you can move forward and have a productive life and not necessarily productive life in terms of like you know being a good employee for the man or anything like that but like doing the things that serve and benefit you then that's important It, it doesn't matter if you have to go through it in the same way that somebody else went through it or not be able to deal with it in a similar way. You are you. We're all going to be approaching those things from an individual level. And the other thing that really kind of stuck out to me reminded me of the conversation I had with Mim Chapman, who was my coach and therapist when I started this journey. And when she joined me in an episode and a recording a, a while ago, I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but it was, it was great to, to hear her story and hear some of the things that she endured and she was raped. And the way she talked about it was, you can do all the things that you want to me 
in that moment, like physically, but you will never touch my soul. You cannot touch my soul. And through Mm -hmm. that, like guarding of her soul, she's able to be protected and protect herself from, you know, said perpetrator. So there could be something like that going on for you too, is like you're disconnected from that. And it's, it's almost as though like, here's, here's this boundary and you're not letting this person pass that boundary. Only this is a little bit more of a like harder subject to navigate and talk through and talk about boundaries in those, those regards, particularly on it, like a soul level. Does any of that resonate with you and and what you've experienced? Um, yeah, I, you know, I think that, like I say, you know, listen, having a therapist obviously does help a great deal because without him and previous therapy that I was in, like, I, I don't quite, I still don't quite understand it, but, you know, I'm glad that I have the makeup that has allowed me to, you know, not be one of those individuals that Sally get closed off because, uh, you know, because of that happening. Um, you know, and that's probably a little bit, I don't know, I'm sure deep down, I've not dug that deep yet. I'm still in the process, obviously, of doing a lot of unlearning um, from my parents and this incident. But, you know, I think just knowing that I've been able to go through other things that I've gone through and I'm still here, you know, and I survived everything that I've gone through that, you know, I, I guess, you know, the I have a very strong will to, and, to to survive, I guess, basically, um, you know, it's, it's not, I don't, you know, it's not my time yet to, to, to be gone. There's some underlying stuff behind that. I want to, I want to back up a little bit when okay. you, you mentioned that this happened when you were 13. Yes. Did it happen more than once? Did it, was it a repeated thing or just like a one-time no, um, it only happened the one time. Okay, and I and I, you know, I think that I don't know how soon after because I really don't have any recollection. I don't even know that I was thirteen. I'm. I think that I was thirteen. I know I was a teenager, but my attitude quickly changed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it went from like being happy like you know being happy to hang around him to being like i did a total 360 like i didn't want anything to do like so you would think that my mother would be able to pick that up but you know um she was not there were other people that were able to see that something wasn't right but i for whatever reason i guess i just felt like i couldn't trust anybody or that they wouldn't believe. I like, I don't know why I didn't tell like my grandmother or my father or like, I don't know why that didn't happen. I mean, I know why I didn't tell my mama, but I don't know why I didn't tell like, like I said, my grandmother, you know, my dad or one of my, 
good, good friends, her mother, because I spent a lot of time at their, you know, at her house. Um, I mean, even before this happened, we were just really good friends, you know, mm-hmm. through um, school. But so I don't really, you know, I don't know why, you know, and it took me years before I was actually able to tell anybody. Um, and the first person that I told, I can even tell you why I really told, I don't, you know, there was no reason for me to tell him either, but I, I guess I just felt comfortable. And I, I guess I felt like I needed to tell him, but you know, that was many moons ago. And generally if I feel comfortable with a person that makes it a little more easier for me to, to, to talk about it, if I feel like I need to talk about it, but like, I have have been in conversations where people talk about jokingly, but about, you know, raping or whatever. And I'm like, you know, like that's no, that's not, you don't, don't talk about that. Right. There's some things um, you just don't make you know, jokes about. And that's one of them. No. And especially, well, obviously, I mean, they don't know my story, but still it's like, you know, and then that obviously that gets them thinking, well, actually, why, why are you getting so upset? Like what? Cause that's just not a subject you, one, you should be talking about it. And two, don't talk about it because you don't know who you're around or who's in earshot who may have gone through that. Right. So just like, don't. So I kind of said my spiel and then I walked away. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, but that's part of my, like this new journey that I'm on because the old me would have been laughing and carrying on because I wouldn't want them to think that something had happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have carried on the same way, but like, nope, I've realized a lot of things on this new path, trying to be, you know, a better me and be more authentic me that like, no, I need to stand up and like, that's not cool. Right. You said that you know why you didn't tell your mom. Is that something you would share with us? Sure. Um, so me and my mother have a, I don't, I don't even know what you would call our relationship. It's like a roller coaster. Um, we are not close, never really have been, um, in my opinion. Uh, we haven't, I haven't probably talked to her in like, I don't know, it's probably been over a year. Um. Although the last time I talked to her, we talked on the phone for like over an hour. Um, and I told her that I was working on myself and like, I just really didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be bothered. And because she's just t- talks, she just is saying it's like a broken record with her at any rate. So after that conversation, I thought I had made myself clear. I even set up boundaries, even though I really didn't even know what those were um, at that time. And you know, to this day, she still texts me every day, every day. Now, a lot of times I don't know that she texts me because I've silenced her some, I don't even know how I did that, but I silenced her some kind of way. So when I look down and see, I have a text message, I'm like, well, the phone didn't go off, but it's because it's from her. Um, I don't ever read them. I just automatically delete them. But the reason why I don't, the reason why I didn't tell her at the time is because she, I don't, first of all, I don't believe that she would believe me. She would have taken his side over my side. 
Um, and going through our past, even after that happened, there's been moments where I was staying with her off and on for, you know, several times through my adult life, you know, my adult lifetime. And there would be things of mine that came up missing. And I'm like, well, where did so-and-so go? Like, did you put it somewhere? Did you like, whatever. And she would act like she didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, well, there's only me and you here, but you got, you know, a boyfriend or friends or whatever you call them coming over. First of all, I don't know why they would want some of the crap that's been met that went missing, but still like, where did it go? It didn't just vanish. So just little stuff like that. Like I know she has to know where it went, but she acts like she doesn't know. I mean, I was homeless a couple, a couple times while I was in college. Um, I mean, granted I was in my forties when I got my bachelor's degree. Um, but she played like she knew nothing about it, even though I had asked her to help me, um, do a school loan so I could finish during the summer and keep my housing. Um, but she wouldn't do it because of something my brother did. Okay. Let me, let me mind you, my brother dropped out of high school. Um, and I'm the oldest. So, but she got my dad involved and had this big old meeting at her apartment, which is where I was staying at the time. But I had to bribe her to let me come stay. With, like, it was a whole big thing, which didn't need to happen, you know, because she's playing like she didn't have a clue. But to get to your question, so all of that stuff has happened. I just, even to this day, I don't believe that she would have believed me. Um, But I wrote a letter to her because it's something that my therapist told me to do. So I wrote a letter to her basically telling her not necessarily all the things that I feel like she's done wrong, but just saying, you know, how I feel about my life up to me turning 50, basically. Um, And I did tell her about me being raped in a letter because she, you know, doesn't know. And I debated about mailing it or not mailing it. And the whole deal was, well, basically I've already set, I've set boundaries, which I have. I don't answer her text message. I don't call her because I've already had that conversation with her, even though it's been over a year ago. Um, but the other day I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to send this letter because I think that it's important for me and just for me. To be able to go on this path and be me, she needs to know how I feel. And I'm not looking for anything. I mean, I know I'm going to get what I asked not to get, but she, I bet I'm, she'll probably answer it. But basically, I, you know, I just told her how I felt about things and basically that, you know, as far as repairing our relationship, personally, for me, it's too late. Damage has been done, and I, it's not repairable for me. You know, sorry, but you should have took in consideration things that I have, have been telling her for years. You know, not just because you turned 70 or 71, and all of a sudden you have a quote-unquote coming to Jesus 
you know, for whatever reason, and now you want to try to set things right. I mean, it's too late. I'm 50. Like you've wasted so many years not trying to spend any time with me or your grandson, you know, you're spending it all with my brother and his kids. So, you know, you can continue to do so. So there's definitely a lot of so hardship lot of between hardship. you and your mom. Yes, there there is. But I, to be honest, though, doing that letter and actually mailing it, and I even sent her a Christmas card. Um, I do feel, I do feel better. So you sent that letter recently? Uh, yes, I put it in the mail Saturday. Okay. So she should get it today or tomorrow. So we are talking about the unfolding of the present. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? How do you think she might react? What happens if? What happens if she comes to you and she's like, I am so sorry, I had no idea, or I should have known better, and I'm sorry, and wants to reconnect? I mean, I, I don't, the only thing I can say is that if that were to happen, which if I know my mother, that probably will, um... You know, it's going to be kind of hard for me to, but just because I, you know, this is, this is how she is. Um, but, but I'm going to be the bigger person if that is the case. And I mean, I, I will accept the apology, but it's still not going to change how I feel. I mean, like, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm just done. Do you mind if I push on you a little bit here? Go right ahead. I'm either going to answer or I'm not. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I ask that because it's it it is rare that I think we have the opportunity to be vulnerable about our present. I think we're often all come to a place where we're able to be vulnerable about our past, but being vulnerable about our present is an entirely different and an animal that can I think be really beneficial for us if we kind of look at it and and examine it a little bit. And so to me, one of the things that I hear from that in like, there's this, there's this part of you that said, mail the, and there's this other part of you that says, I don't care what she says, fuck her, I'm done. And one part of you is the part that wants to find space and moving forward. And one part of you is attached to the past. And that's the hurt part. And to me, I hear the hurt part is the part that's, you know, it doesn't matter what you say, fuck you, you're done, you burnt that bridge. But what about the possibilities? What if? What if the party that wants to move forward is the only part that has to be in the present? What does that look like? Do you know, I mean, this, I don't know. But I, you got a point because I'm actually trying, I'm trying not to tear up. And why, am I, why would I tear up? Because this is emotional I mean, and it's okay to tear up. Well, that, and I mean, it is, I mean, I get it. It is my mom, but I don't, I mean, yeah, to be honest, I don't know. I don't, I mean, in a sense, I would, yes, I get, I mean, I would say I would like to have a normal relationship with her, but I just don't know if that's possible. 
Well, I think one of the things to think well, I think about one of the in terms to of think like about the, in what terms is of possible. Like the what is possible. It doesn't have to look normal. It can look like how you want it to. You get to define that. And and if it's together, then the two of you get to define what that looks like together moving forward. It doesn't have to look normal. In fact, it shouldn't be normal. At the end of the day, if there were to be the reconnection through all of this, it should be very different than quote unquote normal. If we were to if mm. we were to define normal as being a, a mother daughter relationship that hasn't gone through those type those kinds of trials and tribulations, because there's one other there is one other detail that struck me in your story that I have no idea if this is real or not. But it's that one detail that, again, strikes me as being that that sliver of detail that makes me think, oh, what are the possibilities? What are the possibilities that exist here? Are Is your mom still with that, with that person? Oh, no. Okay. So what if, possibility here, what if your mom was trying to get everybody out of the house in that day, in that moment, knowing that these are the possibilities that this person is a piece of shit and is, has the potential to do things to people and was trying to facilitate getting people out of the house to go to wherever it was that you didn't want to go to. And unfortunately you didn't go. And now you're, now you're alone with this person. Only your mom just didn't have the strength and capacity to like force that and uphold a higher standard upon her family and, and you and herself and to this person, because for unfortunate reasons, a lot of times people can be, we can be weak. And that could be, that could have been a moment of weakness in your mom and possibilities again, right? Maybe that's the pain that she feels. And you're saying that she's texting you and trying to talk to you on a regular basis. Maybe she's, whether it's being said verbally or not, maybe that's her way of trying to make up and, and build it back. And she's not quitting. Now, again, I could be way off and it might be completely broken and unrepairable. That is also a possibility. I'm just trying to in- encourage you to think of that possibility as well and almost be un- be open. Just encouraging you to be open to, to all these, not just the shutdown one yeah true and i know that that's not always easy it is definitely not or won't be depending on how she responds what would you want like if you could have it in the most joyous way possible what would what would the most joyous possible outcome look like for you um, to have a mom that actually wants to spend time with her firstborn child without the firstborn child, um, having to beg and bribe to spend time, which is what I've had to do my whole life. I feel like even when I was little, I probably had to do this. I probably had to do that and just didn't realize it because I was so young, but it definitely as I've been, you know, been an adult. That is literally the only way I've been able to spend time with her. And what do you think needs to happen to try and create that outcome? 
Um, well, I mean, if I decide to reconnect, like I said, a lot of it is going to depend on how, you know, what her response is. Um, there's definitely going to have to be boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, and if she, you know, and no more, you know, begging and bribing on my part, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be a part of my life, you, be a part of it. If not, then it's just going to be like, it's been for the past, you know, year and a half or so. Right. Have you, I, I know you haven't told her about what happened, but have you ever told her about like how you feel right now? Just like how you're, you're talking about this with me. Have you told her like all of these things and that you feel like at least the thing that I hear, it sounds like you have to put in all the work to have a relationship with this person. Have you ever told her that that's what it seems like for you? I feel like, yes, probably not in the best way. Um, But I mean, we have had conversations in the past where, you know, she has told me certain things and then, but my thing is just like, like, I'll take for instance, like, okay, I don't talk to my brother either. Me and him aren't very close. We're six years apart, but we were never close anyway. Um, but her and her sister aren't close either. So, I think it was on Mother's Day, of all days, to bring up something, right? I had a once again, beg her to go eat, um, you know, but on the way, like on the way back home, she was like, well, you know, you know, me and her daddy are not going to be here, you know, forever. You and your brother need to, you know, talk and, you know, all whatever. I forget exactly what she said. But basically, just basically we need to, you know, talk again. And I looked at her and I was like, you're telling me to talk to Jason, but you don't even talk to your own sister? Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same, like, I don't know. I was just like, you're like, no, you can't tell me what how to do when you ain't even doing it. So, and I'm pretty sure to this day, they still probably don't talk. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, I don't know. It's been over a year. You know, maybe she has a repatch there, you know. Their relationship, I don't know, because I don't, my aunt kind of just, once my grandma died, she kind of just went out of the picture, um, even from me. So, um, but yeah, it's like those little instances, it's like, you know, do you hear, like, do you hear what you're saying? And you're totally doing the opposite, but you want me to do what you say, but you can't do it. Right. Or won't do it. Um, that's one reason why I say if I decide to, you know, repair this relationship, boundaries will definitely have to be set. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the the, the person always calling. I'm not going to be, you know, begging to do stuff with you. I'm not going to be brought, like, I don't, I don't, I don't have time for that in my new life. You know, you either want to be part of my life as a, as I am on this path now, or you don't, or you can be and you know, you know, you know, understand the boundaries that, you know, I will put in place. 
What about the the times that she has been trying to reach out and connect with you and communicate with you recently? I mean, I, like I said, I don't know. I don't read. I don't read the text. Um, but I do know, like a couple of times. Well, I say a couple, but like before when we were talking, because she she goes through this. She has a pattern. Uh, like she would call me. It'd be like you know, hey, we talk like for a few minutes because we don't even have any. We don't even have anything to talk about really. But you know, she would be like. Well, let's get together for, you know, lunch or dinner or something. I'm like, all right, let me know when. Two to three months would go by before I would hear from her again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you want to try to, it's like she was trying to make amends, but then do you really want to see me? Because it's taking you this, you know, that long period of time before you call me again and you say the same thing. We'll talk for like five minutes. She always ends a conversation with that, and then it'll be another two or three months before I hear from her again. So, you know, I, at this point, that's one reason why I'm like, do you even really want to be in my life? Because you are retired, like, you're not doing anything. So, like, that's one reason why I say, like, I, you know, the whole rekindling is going to be, again, and, and I can't relate. I don't know. I can't give you any more of a, a you know a better answer than what I've already said because we are in the present, so it's kind of hard for me to say other than how I feel. And I'd feel like, you know, if I were to give her a chance, there would be boundaries, you know. But as soon as she broke one of those boundaries, that that's I would be done for sure. Are you open to suggestions and ideas? Sure. Okay. Always. One of the things that I kind of related to on that was it in all the times that I've made some fairly large moves, either like from the first one being when I went from college in Minnesota to North Dakota, and then after college in North Dakota up to Alaska, and then after Alaska was done down here to Georgia and making those moves always come with more of a landscape shift than I think I've anticipated particularly in terms of like my friend circle and especially the first time that I went when I moved far and moved to Alaska and the dynamic of my friend circle and how that shifted and changed I was not prepared for it all and there's always been this idea of there are these always there's been a lot of times of opportunities to like rekindle some of those friendships and it's always just it doesn't ever go any further than the idea with few exceptions. And the thing that's common about those few exceptions is that one of the two people says like an actionable thing and it no longer becomes an idea. It becomes, I can either commit to meeting this person for lunch on this day based on their suggestion, or I can respond with a suggestion of myself, or I can say, no, I can't do that. But the main point is when somebody's like, oh, hey, you know, we haven't connected in a while. We should connect sometime soon. Cool. Respond with a date and time for lunch, coffee, phone call, dinner, whatever it is. But make a straight up suggestion of an action item to meet at this point, at this time, via this medium. And it cuts through the bullshit. Yeah. And that will let everybody know 
in that moment who's serious and who's not, because the person will either say, no, that doesn't work for me. Well, you know, if they don't respond with the suggestion that they're just idealizing and not actualizing, and that's big, Mm -hmm. big difference there. Or they'll respond with a, that date doesn't work for me, but I could do this day at this time. And you're like, all right, this person's trying to fucking find a way. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Finding a way. Exactly. Or the other possible scenarios. Oh yeah, that works great for me. I'll meet you then. And then come that time in five minutes prior to that, they're like, oh, something came up. Oh, that happens. Things do come up. I'll give you a chance. But the ball's Mm -hmm. also in your court to make the suggestion now. Yeah. So that would be my encouragement and suggestion to you and anybody listening that's looking to rekindle and reopen a way of communicating with somebody that was important in their life or you want them to be important in your life is just cut through the bullshit. Cause I know like I, I have to own it too. There's been times in my life where I didn't do that because I, I wanted somebody else to do it for me. And at the end of the day, that was me leaning into my victimhood mindset rather than just being, Hey, I'll see you on the 18th at 3 PM. Boom. Oh, yep. There. Cool. Here we are. The 18th at 3 PM. Well, now it's 348, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just, it's just an easy way to eliminate that. And then, you know, as well, like if it doesn't come to fruition, if it doesn't happen and the other person isn't also equally like finding solutions and action items and, you know, like, all right, well, this person isn't ready. I'm of the type that I like to hold space always for somebody to come around yeah, and step into that. But at the same time, I'm also okay with being like, ah, oh, all right, they're not ready to step into that action. I am, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. this over here. So that would be my suggestion. Yeah. Okay. I like it. So you've also mentioned that you've been in therapy and I think, well, there's a couple of things. One, I think virtually everybody (laughs) in the history of ever would benefit from some form of therapy, whether it be with a, a psychologist or a therapist or a life coach or something along those lines. But just a quick antidote every of we we idolize athletes particularly in american western culture we idolize athletes and the success and the level of achievement and accomplishment they get to and there is not an athlete in the history of ever that has ever gotten to the place at which they are without a plethora of coaching staff around them that too holds true with a lot of high-level business leaders and CEOs and leadership. Why does that not, why don't we do that as just regular fucking people and having that support system around us? So therapy, everybody should be, or have some kind of support network within them. Therapy. What What's therapy been like for you? And, and what is that? How has that helped you navigate life better? Oh my God. Therapy is a... It's a godsend. Um, I'm with you. I mean, everybody should go to therapy. <laughs> Whether you think you have issues or not, just, it just gives you somebody else to talk to that is not somebody that knows your situation. 
Um, and they are typically non judgmental, which makes it easier for you to talk about, you know, anything and everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this is my second round of therapy. Um, and I mean, it's, it's great. You know, one of the things that my therapist has, um, I guess it helped me realize is that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we are all different. Um, you know, we are all made up different. Our brains don't work, you know, all work, you know, work different, connected differently. Um, and that is, like I said, like that helps, that has helped me, um, understand and not be so frustrated at myself, I guess, about that, you know, my whole, that's this whole trauma situation. Um, because I have been, you know, through years thinking that there was something wrong with me because I didn't get emotional when telling that story. Um, you know, and come to find out there's nothing wrong with me in that aspect. Um, it's just how I'm wired. I, you know, whatever. I don't know. I have, <laughs> you know, I, I have a super uh, guardian angel or whatever, a spirit animal, like whatever you want to call it. Apparently, obviously, like you said earlier, um, you know, maybe I got a soul angel that was there when it happened and just was like, you know, all right, you going to let you do this to her physically, but, you know, mentally, it's, she's not going to carry it with, you know, like she's not going to carry it with her. Um, I'll have to bring that up in next time I go to therapy, see what he thinks about that idea yeah. though. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of like that idea actually, but you know, like I don't, I mean, but yeah, therapies is, you know, is wonderful. I try to get one of my friends to get into therapy because I think that would help him a lot. And we are no longer friends. Um, so there you go. Um, so some people like, I think a lot of it still has to do with even in 2023, almost 2024, like people think if you tell them you're in therapy that you have issues. Right. Well, hello, look at the world we live in. We all have issues <laughs> to some degree. That's I mean, truth. some are obviously worse than others, but going to therapy will like help alleviate some of those issues, depending on what they are, obviously, and or help you work through them. Um, but also I have been, I have read more this past year, um, than I probably have ever read in my whole life. Cause I've not ever been a book reader, but I have stacks and stacks of books that, um, I still need to get through because once I, my stack gets low, I right. buy more and I create another stack. Um, but I will tell you, um, you'll probably like this one. It's a, uh, it's by, um, I just read it. It's by Shannon Lee. So Bruce Lee's okay. daughter. It's, um, it's called my water, my brother, something like that. Let me hold on. Let me see. Oh, no. I got that till wrong. Be water, my friend is, is the name of it. Gotcha. Um, but it is a very cool book. Um, 
she does talk about her dad a lot. I mean, obviously. Um, but it's not a book like about him per se, but it is about him being more than just a martial artist. Um, he was apparently, which I didn't know this until I read the book, but huge in philosophy. So a lot of people don't know that about right. him, I guess, unless you're a huge Bruce Lee fan. You, I guess you probably would know. But basically, the, the title, Be Water My Friend, was something that one of his martial arts teachers taught him. And he was like, I don't I think when he first started taking martial arts class. Um, so he was young. Okay. But I like that Be Water My Friend because basically what he was teaching – Bruce was that you have to like the motions through life and like obviously in martial and and doing martial arts like be like water. Water constantly flows. Even if it's blocked, it finds a way to flow around it, whatever's blocking its path. So I thought that was that's one of the main things I took out of that book, which I thought was very cool. So going into 2024, I am going to be try to be more like water and let stuff flow. No, it's fantastic. I love that analogy because it's true. And I mean, there's been all kinds of different places that I've sprinkled analogies about water in the podcast, in the show. Um, I love that because it's true. And at the end of the day, like I start thinking about it. Yeah. If even if you dam up water, take the Hoover Dam. Make it make the Hoover Dam a hundred feet tall. Eventually, the water will find a way around that dam. Yeah, it it always does. It has to. It will find a way. Yeah, and and one of the things that I love to bring to to bring another layer to this too, like uh, when we walk through nature and we go through nature and we look at nature for inspiration, it doesn't fucking care. The water doesn't care no. if there's a dam in front of it. It's just, oh, there's a dam. I'm going to find a way around it. The tree doesn't care if it's a fucking storm. It just stays grounded and rooted and deals with it. And when it doesn't, exactly. it's done, done. Yet we as yeah. humans continually lose our grounding because we let life circumstances disrupt us. And when we're better able to ground and not let the external circumstances influences influence us in such a way that's when we can be like water that's a beautiful analogy yeah i'm gonna have to read that book something i am deadly you know um i'm getting better at but it's on my checklist to definitely work you know harder at being that way um in 2024, I mean, it just, you know, I didn't think about it. I mean, and I'm, I'm a water person, but when I read that book, I was like, huh, how did I not ever, like, it just clicked. It's like, I, I grew up on lakes. I used to play in creeks, but I didn't really think about water never stops in those, you know, in that type of bodies of water. I mean, in that type, you know, in those bodies. So it just made me think, like, how did I not ever realize? Like, I'm 50. Like, how did I not, like, how did I not realize that that's what water does? So it was kind of made me feel stupid kind of in a way. But then it was like, oh, light bulb. Right. 
that's you know I pre- that's pretty cool. I'm gonna take that into 2024. Well, I think a lot of people, particularly in our society and our culture, are in the glacier form of water, and we are stuck and stagnant because we are complacent. We are sedentary. We like entertainment, and entertainment distracts us from mm. our consciousness. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to shut off all entertainment. It just means that if we're constantly consuming entertainment, we're always watching movies and TV and sitcoms and sports and stuff like that. We're probably a bit disconnected to our core and we're probably a bit. Yeah. What's important though, is that even glacier water is still moving. A glacier just moves a lot slower. Slower. Yeah. I always, re- I think about that because you know, being in Alaska, I did a couple of different glacial cruise tours and the the ones that I went to, they talked about how the glacier moves 50 feet a year. In fact, the only amount of movement you had in a year was 50 feet of displacement. Yeah. As we used to say in the military, in the army, it's moving like pond water. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> slow too. The other thing that came to my mind when you talked about the, the books too is just want to highlight it for anybody listening. I still think one of the most pivotal points in my journey was the day that I finally shut off cable TV and stopped watching and just having it on in background and decided this needs to stop. I need to cancel this and I need to start reading more books prior to that. And when I got done with college at 23 or 24, I didn't read a single book for five years. Prior to that, I didn't read a single book for pleasure for years and years and years and years. And then when I finally shut it off and started, like, I need to expand my mind. This is distracting my mind. God, that was one of the, that is still hands down one of the greatest choices I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, I still watch a little TV, but I definitely read. I mean, I've got so many, like, it's ridiculous. I've got so many books. And I just started a new book today. So it's. Yeah. You know, and then I've I got to get I've gotten to the point now where it's like I can't buy. I've told myself I need to break up the self help so much, yeah. like because that's what I was like straight on. So now I've gotten to where like I will if I see a book, and the cover looks fascinating to me, I just grab it. It doesn't matter what it's about. It's just something that's not a self help, so it breaks up the monotony. So like I'll read a couple of. I would say self-help, but like life books. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to call them self-help books because a lot of them are just like life right. books and stuff that I'm skill into. Empowerment, um, skill development. Yes. So then I will like read like a couple of those and then I'll grab one, a fun book is what I call it. And then once I read, you know, like once I go through that, then I'll read a couple more Sure. <laughs> books that should meet like I'm going to get something mm-hmm. out of not not that I don't get out of the ones that are fun books but they just break up you know what I mean they're just to break up the my brain yeah. oh yeah and then I'll go back into doing you know reading the books that are helping me to continue to stay you know on this path that I've chosen to mm-hmm. be on most definitely because I, I think that can be a roadblock sometimes in this journey of personal development and skill acquisition and trying to elevate 
is when you when you get down and you start walking that road and you start doing that and you're you're like constantly doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it and you get you almost have that realization of like but when is this enough when am i good enough and i remember that being a roadblock and i'm like what the fuck why can't i get to this point where i'm okay and i don't need this anymore and then i had the realization of like it's not that i don't need this it's that i I'd want this. I see the value that it adds to my life. And I realize that every step I make on this path of life, the landscape and environment changes. And all these things that I'm doing and consuming in this way help me navigate that landscape. And sometimes, you know, you run into a wall and you need some climbing gear. Well, now I got to learn how to use some climbing gear. And that's all it is. (laughs) Instead of feeling like I'm not good enough and I need to change me. It's not that, it's I'm expanding my skill set and ability to navigate the terrain of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I wish I could say I could, I could tell you about every book that I read. Yeah, I cannot. For sure. Because my, my comprehension is horrible to begin with, but I think I do take little nuggets from, each book that I have read to some degree, right. they're in my head somewhere. Um, you know, so, you know, and my therapist, I'll, he, he also mentioned like, he was like, he's like, since you're doing all this reading, he goes, maybe, you know, he's the one who kind of gave me the idea to break it up. Cause I would have never, you know, I never, cause I was just on such a good road. I mean, I was book after book after book after book. And then I was like, oh, well, that's probably, that just kind of makes sense. But I was on such a row and I didn't really, like you say, I hadn't hit that wall yet, but doing it like I'm doing it now that he mentioned that and it just kind of like makes sense. Not to say that I still won't run into a wall at some point, but that helps me, I guess, not, you know, run into a wall so quick, maybe. Um, But yeah, like this, I mean, and taking your taking your class last January, like it's, you know, I don't know. I've had a, I've had a, I'm not going to say a lot, but I've had a few people that have asked me like what, what has happened or what happened, like what's going on. Cause, and I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you're, you're da, 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 da. And I'm like, sweet, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I'll tell them. And then sometimes I'm like, Oh, nothing. I'm just, you know, whatever. I'm just happy. So, right. But I am definitely a much happier person. I don't complain as much. Um, I try not to complain at all, but I mean, I am human. Um, but I definitely don't complain as much, or I should say, be a negative Nelly, because I was, you know, I don't see how I had any friends. Like, looking back, it's like, oh, my God. I was really like, like why didn't anybody tell me? That I was like that negative all the time. <laughs> Would you have listened? Would you have heard it? Probably not. Um, but still, it's like, oh my God, like this is, well, I did have one friend, told, she told me in her own special way, um, but it didn't hit until I actually decided for real that I was going to like, this is the path that I was going to take and not be wishy-washy. Because the end of 2022, I was on it, but I was off mm-hmm. of it. 
Like a month, I would I would be like, oh yeah, this is going good, and then I'd be back to the old me for the you know the next month and a half, and then so when January hit, I was like, no, I pro- like I told Ross I was going to do this. I need to do it because if I don't, one, I'm letting my own self down, but then he's just going to think I'm a you know a flake. So I was like, 2023. This year is my year, and I'm not going to do anything that Ashley doesn't want to do that doesn't make Ashley happy, and that's exactly what I've done. So I'm going to continue to, you know, live the rest of my life that way and, um, you know, hopefully become a better and more happier person in the process and maybe, you know, teach some other people or get people to understand like, you know, therapy is not a bad thing. Right. And, you know, I mean, I've already handed out um, a book that I read that didn't really, I mean, it didn't really resonate with me, but it was still a good book. I actually gave it to one of my good friends as a coworker. I gave it to her um, for a birthday. Um, just cause I thought that she'd probably get a little more out of it than I did. But, um, but yeah, it's, I feel like, I mean, I've not, I've not done a 360, but I've definitely, you know, 180 for sure. Right. Cause I can feel it. So it sounds like one of the ways to characterize that is in the, in the past year, you feel as though, and, and think as though that you're, you're finally able to contribute to a life of joy and meaning and not resentment and negativity. Yes. Very much so. That's awesome. That's definitely awesome. And it's not always easy. Like it is not. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it has definitely not been easy. I can relate to the the comment of the idea of like one week you're like you're on it and you're like, Yeah, I'm I'm doing the thing and then and then you slip up and the next month and a half you're back in the old patterns and then the next time it's two weeks and then and then a month and like but it's okay. Like it takes time for anybody working on that stuff the way I talk about it is habits. You don't turn them off. It's not like a light switch that you just turn the light off. You have to replace the light bulb and that takes time. It doesn't flick on and off mm-hmm. like the light switch. You have to unscrew the old light bulb yeah, unfortunately. and screw the new light bulb in, in order to create the change that you're trying to create. And it just takes time. And it takes care and attention. That's funny because the book that I'm reading now, the first, the first three chapters talked to, talks the, the author talks about that the same way, but she did it like, I guess, grooves in our brain, like when you're little, it's you're in you know like your grooves get built then. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the, your habits obviously get formed obviously when you're you know when you're little, but basically as you get older and you're, and you're on this type of path to get out of those old grooves, you have to, like you just said, new, make new habits. And then that creates the new grooves and then the old grooves will slowly, you know, disappear. And then you just have the yep. new grooves. So I can't wait to finish this book because so far, like, that's like, it's so funny you said that because that's exactly what the first three chapters were, you know, pretty much about. But, what book um, is it? but yeah, 
It is um it is called Welcoming the Unwelcome. Interesting. By Pima. I'm pretty sure I butchered her name. Can you show me the cover? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like to read a lot of books by monks and Buddhists. I don't For sure. For sure. They got some cool I mean, there's they're wise. Some cool stuff (laughs) to bring to the table, that's for sure. That's for sure. I also So yeah, so I can't wait to to finish their I I bought like I think I've got two or three or more of hers that I've got to get through, but that's the first yeah. one that I've read that she's written. I mean, I don't know in the, what sequence, but that's the first one that she's that I've read of hers. I have one that I think is from her, but I can't like the the way you showed me her name and how it's how it's spelt on the book cover. It's coming. It, it looks familiar, but I can't think of the name. Of the yeah. Uh, oh well. yeah. But Ashley, I want to be mindful of your time here. I, I really appreciate the conversation. And the thing that I like to kind of wrap up the episode on every time is thinking about what your go-to self-care tool is, that thing that you do to, to care for yourself so that you can love yourself and show up as your most authentic self every day. And I want to ask that with a caveat, with two caveats for you. Okay. Since we've already touched on therapy, and we've always already touched on reading books, your go-to self-care tool and caring for yourself outside of therapy and outside of reading books, what is that? Um, the big thing would be um, TM med- meditation. It is TM meditation. TM meditation. What is that? Yeah. Transcendental meditation. So actually it's just TM, but it's trans. Transcendental meditation. Okay. I can't never say that word right. <laughs> no worries. Can you explain a little bit of that? I'm <laughs> n- not very familiar. Sure. So, but it's it's not like your. I don't want to say your average meditation, but it's it's not like a. I guess I could put it this way: like it's not like a Buddhist meditation. So you don't like meditate to try to quiet mm-hmm. the mind with TM. Um. You so I had to go visit somebody, and they teach you how to do mm-hmm. the TM, and they give you a mantra, and they go through this whole ceremony thing. It's actually pretty cool, but anyway, okay. So, but with TMs, basically you do it for twenty minutes, which is a long time. But that's you know, I mean, you can do it obviously how how however long you have. Um, but I generally do it for twenty minutes in the morning, and and um. In mm-hmm. the evening, like before I mm-hmm. eat dinner, um, it has something to do with your food okay. digestion, supposedly. Um, but so you find some, you find a teacher, or whatever, and so they give you this mantra, and so you sit and or lay down, however you're comfortable, and you just kind of repeat the the mantra that they give you, so it'll be your mantra over in your head and the whole deal is like when the mantra starts to when the mantra starts to fade and it's no longer there and you also don't have any thoughts that's when you transcend now, I've only I've only had it I've only had it happen a couple of times 
And it was, it was like just for a few mm-hmm. seconds. So I didn't transcend like a very long time. Um, but obviously the more you do it, then there's that capability of transcending, being able to do it, you mm-hmm. know, longer. But the whole point, it doesn't matter if you have thoughts with the mantra. That's the whole point is to basically transcend. And that's been like, a wonderful tool. And then, you know, um, I do yoga when I have a chance when I'm not being operated on. Um, (laughs) but those two are the main things, but the, the TM meditation is, is, has been, um, really big for me. What do you feel like you gain from the TM or Um, not necessarily gain, but what, what is it? What do you feel like it, it does and helps you do and connect with? I, like, especially in the mornings when I do it before I do like, you know, anything else, like I, it, when it helps me start out my day, um, but it brings more self-awareness to myself and a calmness. Okay. So it's, I don't know, it just makes the day flow yeah. better um, for me, I, you know, I feel like. And then when I do it in the evenings, even though I do it typically before I eat um, and not before you go to bed, which is how most people would do, um, I still, it still helps me with that, like, okay, the day is done, like I'm washing everything away. Um, I can get back into, like, self-aware you know, and then just the relaxation of being quiet for 20 minutes, even though I still may have thoughts in my head, like it's still quiet. If that makes, it probably doesn't really make sense, but it's a quietness with thoughts, but it's not like you're a squirrel. Like it's not like you're trying to go, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 different places while you're trying to meditate. It just, you know, like I say, you say the mantra and that also is, helps you know common and then you know like breathing which is something i want to work in work with more um next year but that also like i pay attention to that more now to you know breathing with my breath with um during meditation so no that's good stuff i like that i it's similar to some stuff that i already do that i don't doesn't have a a name like transcendental meditation. It's just something that I've kind of discovered for, for myself, but it's very similar. Um, meditating with mantras and and things of that nature, uh, particularly every morning. It's been a really good routine for me. Yeah. It's cool to hear that. Mm -hmm. That's something you've learned. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing yourself with us and, sharing the real stuff with the, with yourself that you're going through right now. That's kind of not easy. And I appreciate you sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ashley. You have a great day. All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks for joining project unchained today. It's important to note that I'm not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm just a guy who is passionate about helping empower others to break free from their limiting thoughts and beliefs to have extraordinary life experiences. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That will ensure that this podcast can reach more people. 
We're more powerful together, so please do share this with others. I'm always happy to engage with you, so please do reach out via social media or email if you'd like to chat. A special thank you to my very talented cousin, Galen Lee, for the intro and outro music to this show. The song is Lost in the Woods from her 2018 album, Learning How to Stay. You can find Galen's albums on Bandcamp, Spotify, and ViolinScratches.com. Until next time, make your life experience extraordinary. Let's get unchained. Give yourself away.